This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the off season, and we hate to say it, but we're happy to bring you Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by E.P. Rinkshot. E.P. Rinkside. Shap Shots. That was good, right? That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Shap Shots. D Magazine. And the book is called We Win Here. Terrific Father's Day gift. And the author of that is Sean Shapiro. And we have reconnected. You get to spend some time um, with your family. Well, you actually went to the Stanley Cup. I did. I'm uh, I'm actually home right now for a little bit. Between uh, I will, I was out in Vegas for Game One and Two earlier this week. I uh, took a red eye home after the game Monday night. There was uh, a lot of uh, let's just say, as long as one team was winning big, I was a little bit more comfortable and not getting nervous about a overtime game stopping me from catching the red eye. So I, was, yeah. I, 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 I flew close to the sun and lived. So I did, I did that after with overtime <laughs> after game, after game one. And then uh, I will uh, catch up again with the series for game four down in Florida, but home for a couple days, we'll watch game three from the comforts of the couch tomorrow night and then watch uh, and then follow Then with EP ringside uh, cover in the final uh from four to the end, whether that's four or five, six or seven. So it was, uh, would have been more fun, obviously, if the stars were on this journey with us, but uh, it's, it's still, uh, it's still been fun at least. How do you think the stars would have matched up with Florida stylistically after seeing what Vegas has done in the first couple of games? Um, It's, it's going to hurt stars fans to hear this, but it's something where I think that Dallas would have had, Dallas probably would have been the better team against Florida. I think after seeing a couple of games, I think Florida is a team that is a um, Florida is a team that that is obviously a good team. They're they're in the final. They're in the final, but they are a team that is built largely on a couple of players. And the Stars would have been deeper than the Stars weren't as deep as Vegas but the stars would have been deeper than Florida. And we're seeing the uh, we're seeing within this, this series so far, we're seeing what really equates to a four line team in Vegas versus a two and a half line team in Florida. And that's been a huge difference in this series. And I think Dallas would have had a similar impact where we would have seen Dallas being a three and a half line team versus a two and a half line team. And, um, so for Stars fans, that's going to hurt because it's something where you go back to, we talked a lot about it throughout the Western Conference final. It's just the what if, to, what happens if Dallas doesn't turn the puck over at the end of game two? What if Jamie Benn doesn't lose his cool at the start of game three? It's it's one of those frustrating things because yep. they would have been in a really good spot to to win a second cup. And that said, 
Vegas, several points in this series already could have lost their cool. And yes, they could have. Specifically, uh, game two when you know Eichel got popped, um, mm-hmm. clean hit, uh, unfortunate circumstances. Awesome to see him back on the ice. That first shift back, that pass he made was sick. Um, yep. And it, you know, just the crowd went from silent. And when he even came back on the bench, and this is what I love about Vegas people. I'm sorry, Stars fans, because you guys are awesome fans too. But Vegas gets hockey. When he came back on the bench, they were cheering. So they pay attention, and that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So uh, I do want to give some kudos to Vegas, uh, Sean, just because of their composure. Um, their blue line is clearly showing, um, mm-hmm. and Florida's just having a tough time, and we'll see what happens with Gudis. But that's a tough injury um, on an already banged-up uh, Florida defensive uh, back line. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for Florida to come back. And uh, I just think, you know, Vegas is well-coached, and it's, it's almost like they – well, I mean, they you could tell that Bruce Cassidy had trained the Vegas players like, don't take the bait. This is what mm-hmm. they're going to do. Just be you. Capitalize on their mistakes. It was just it's it's fascinating to watch. I feel like it's one team that you know, this is what it feels like to me. One team is there for the first time and Vegas knows what to do. The right positions at the right time knows when it's okay to, you know, get physical and at the same time lay back and just say, we're not going to take the bait. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think Vegas also, it's kind of that, uh, it's the old quote that Teddy Roosevelt actually say it or was credited to Teddy Roosevelt, like the speak softly and like carry a big stick thing. Right. Like that's really what Vegas, Vegas's size and their defense. They, they really much are like that. And um, as this series has gone on through two games and everything like that with Florida, you've seen there's times where Matthew Kachuk was able to rattle other teams. And Matthew Kachuk, even when he actually physically rattled Jack Eichel with that hit, it didn't rattle it didn't rattle Vegas. And Vegas has been really disciplined in that way. We saw we saw it obviously firsthand when they played Dallas in the last round, how they handle these things. Um to me, one of the bigger things about this whole like scenario is it's and part of it is and we can have a brief discussion about it. I think the officials have actually been a little bit harsh with the with the, the 10 minute misconduct. Yeah, they're throwing them but out I, there. Yeah, but I, I think Vegas has done a pretty good job of, of the messaging internally has been to if the officials are going to be doing that, let Florida just hurt continue to hurt themselves. And um talk about it's a team that's like it it's it right now i know it's easy to say when a team is up two nothing um but like dallas was down two nothing to vegas and you felt like anyone could still win the series it it wasn't until game three where the inevitability set in that that vegas was going to win in the cross check by jamie and mark stone this series it's hard it it feels inevitable that that Vegas is going to win the Stanley Cup. It's just a question of whether whether Florida steals a game or two. That's really what it feels like right now. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So at Spits and Suds, we're all about you, the hockey fan here in DFW. And this is why we're doing these off-season shows, because you guys rose to the occasion and you've increased the listenership of this podcast uh, amazingly. Record numbers in May, and uh, thank you so much. So what Sean and I uh, talked about doing is, is that each show will have things that we'll talk about, and it might be a deep stars dive. For instance, a couple of episodes forthcoming. We're going to talk about the goaltending situation, the wear and tear on Ottinger, the possibilities at backup goaltending, and Sean's going to do a deep dive analytically on that, and I'm excited about that. We're also going to get into the Ryan Suter buyout because a lot of people have been using that term, but we also want to explain what a buyout means. So that's going to be on a future episode. And so one of the great things, and this is why I'm excited to do these off-season podcasts. So uh, Ryan Bear who is a passionate Stars fan, tweeted at me. And uh, thank you so much for supporting Spits and Suds. And he just simply said to me, and and this to me is why we're doing these shows, to take a step back and explain. He says the following, buy out Suter, trade Hockenpah, get Miro some needed help. Jock, they overlooked their blue line for the majority of last season. Sign Domi and uh, Dodonoff. Possibly look at trading Marchman and bring in Bertuzzi. So on the surface, Absolutely love the passion. But when you break each one of those down, so many of those things can't happen. So that is a perspective of why I love doing spits and suds. So when we talk and we we go around, we talked about, you know, the Stanley Cup. And as you just heard, Sean's perspective, if the stars were in it. And now we're going to get into different scenarios with the NHL and how it affects the stars. And, you know, maybe not every story affects the stars, but It's all part of the educational process. And I want to start with a massive trade yesterday. It was a three-team trade. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Philadelphia Flyers trade Ivan Provorov to Columbus. It's a three-team trade with the Kings. The Flyers get, uh, and remember, Daniel Briere is the new Flyers GM, so he's going to want to make a lot of moves as they start the rebuilding process. The Flyers get the Jackets 22nd pick overall. They uh, get Cal Peterson, Sean Walker, Helgi Granz, and they also get either Columbus's 24th or 25th second round pick, and they get LA's 24, 2024 second round pick. So that's a massive trade. Tell us about Provorov, where you think he ranks as NHL defenseman. And the reason I ask this, Sean, is because a lot of Stars fans are like, we need to go out and get another defenseman. Well, where does Provorov lie in as far as defensemen? Because you see right there a lot of picks given up and some assets the Stars don't have this year, as well as giving up some players. Yeah, um, it's a really interesting trade, too, because defensemen trades are. It's it's they don't they, they rarely set precedent for each other in a weird way, like goaltend. Like if you if you lay out a goalie trade or a top forward trade, all of a sudden it, you can start to see how they connect, but like 
you look what Provorov gets moved for and you look at what Chikrin gets moved for and like they, they don't correlate. It's very weird. And I think it's part of the reason is because the role of the defenseman in the NHL is is changing and what some value versus some other. So it's not like as cut and dry um, when it comes to position of trade. So it's a very weird position when it comes to trade. Like I, I'm not a big Provorov, like I think Provorov's a fine defenseman, but I don't think I think he is a bit of a. I don't I don't I don't have how hold him in as high regards as clearly the Blue Jackets do or some other people do. I think I think Philly actually. I, I look at this trade and I think Philly did. I, I think Philly did a wonderful job in this deal because I think Provorov is is the type of player who he. He can eat some minutes and everything like that, but I don't really see he's always seemed that you could find someone if you're building a team that's really trying to contend and win something. I would much rather have a guy like Chikrin who went to Ottawa, obviously. Um, I would rather have uh, Gavrikov who like Columbus went and got went and got Provorov, but they traded Gavrikov during the season to LA. I would have rather kept Gavrikov personally. I think he so Provorov to me is something where like I some some coaches will find good use for him. I'm not the biggest Provorov fan. I just I just don't his game to me is a little bit overrated. I also think Philly to to get the number of picks they did to go into the rebuild like this. Um and then I think the big one that is uh, I want to make sure I have his name right, the the prospect they got from LA. Um what was his name? Uh make sure i have that right um helge grans yeah. yeah i talked to somebody who who looked at him as one of the as either the king's second uh as either the king's in their view and either the king's kind of second or third best prospect so to bring in a prospect who instantly becomes a top five prospect for philly like kudos to danny briere on your first trade on this and getting all of this done I, I don't really understand the um I understand two I understand why uh I understand why Philly did this clearly. I understand why LA did this. I don't like giving up Grands from an LA perspective, but they had to the big one is they had to get out of that Cal Peterson contract, right? Like the Kings needed to get that contract moved. So um the Kings get out of that, cleared up some cap space, cap space is king. I, I don't understand the Provorov deal from a Columbus perspective. Like I'm I obviously Kekalainen must really like him, but to me, Provorov is a guy who I want. If I Provorov is a guy who to me, he's at best a second pairing guy and on a really, really good team. He's he, on, on a great team. He's he, he could even be a third pairing guy where he's, he's a guy that you add to kind of add to that piece. I don't really want to build my my top four around him. And that that's kind of feels what Columbus is doing here with him. And so I, I get every team's involvement in this. And I'm sure someone in Columbus will jump down my throat and, and, and think this is a great trade. But for me, I just I don't really understand why Columbus was willing to spend so much on Provorov, especially when the market for defensemen can change so rapidly. I'd much rather spend what Ottawa spent to get chicken and I'd much rather spend what some other things have been spent on defensemen. It's, it's just kind of the, the weird nature of the defenseman market, like defenseman trades are usually like 
operated and made more on feeling than actual hard fact because the hard fact of what one GM might feel about Ryan Suter versus another, or what one feels pro for that. It's, it's a very interesting trade overall, but it's hard to use as a market setter because of the nature of the position and the nature of the player where, so I I'm just not the big, and, and as, as you can hear in my voice, like, I think Provorov's a fine player. I just, I just don't think he's worth this much in a trade market. Right. In the trade market. So. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, kudos to Daniel uh, Briere. Stick to oh, yeah. him. Oh, I, my I God. Completely, yeah. yes. 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 completely agree. And uh, it's going to be kind of a semi-fire sale in Philly as they try to try to rebuild. And um, the one, the one I would caution them from trading on because I hear it pops up is I, I if I'm Philly, I'm not moving on from Carter Hart yet. I agree. I that's the one that I keep seeing where like there's there could be there's there's some smoke there of 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 Carter Hart could be dealt and everything like that. And that, that one to me is you got time and in, in this rebuild in Philly, you got time to figure out what Carter Hart is. So I would not be making that move. Yeah, I'd like to see Carter Hart with a better uh defensive blue line in front of him and, and see how yes. you know because at times he's he's looked really, really good. Um yes. okay. So the question is, does this trade even though it hasn't been official, big news in NHL circles, Mike Babcock could possibly be, or what people are saying, is the likely replacement in Columbus, which I find interesting because the Toronto contract is just about up on Mike Babcock. We have completely forgot that he was still under contract for Toronto for all these years, or at least I had. And, you know, after he left Sean, there was a lot of chatter and not positive regarding Mike Babcock's Mm -hmm. coaching methods. Now, I will say in a sit down up in Canada, Mike Babcock was very forthright that he needs to change some things as far as his coaching styles. I guess that remains to be seen. So it's kind of interesting in a couple of things like, you know, I find it fascinating that Columbus is going back and picking Babcock when, you know, there might have been some other candidates out there. Um, I also find it interesting from a Johnny Gaudreau standpoint because the Blue Jackets star left Daryl Sutter in Calgary and chose Columbus over Philadelphia, over New Jersey, and wanted to be in Columbus. And I'm interested to see how Babcock's, if he does in fact is officially named the head coach, how his style will match with Johnny Gaudreau. Well, he will be the head coach, right? Like it's, there's enough. Yeah. We know that's happening. It's, it's the, the biggest deal. So the big thing about the Babcock deal is, and it's the reason why um, he's not officially the head coach yet is his contract. He signed an eight year deal with Toronto um, before the 2015, 16 season. Mike Babcock has not coached in the league since it was uh, in the last three years. Right. Yep. He's been, he's been making $6.25 million per year to not coach in the NHL the past three years. He's made $18 million to just – he hasn't even been seen at home. He took a uh, – he did some volunteer coaching with the Canadian college team, and the intent of doing the volunteer coaching was to protect that $6.25 million he was making per year. If he takes a job, a paid professional hockey job, anytime before June 30th, he forfeits some money. So the reason this won't be announced till July 1st is Mike Babcock wants to get every single penny out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, I mean, they've been, they were, he's, he's, he's banked 18 million in the last three years to not coach. He will be the coach. I understand Babcock has 
um, spoken and said that he's changed and he has to change his style and everything like that. And I get that. It's very hard. Um, it's very hard for me to believe that without proof, just because when you hear some of the people that talk about you, you hear what Mitch Marner said, you hear what Johan Franzen said, guys who are pretty well respected in, in their respective eras. And so for, for me, I, I have a hard time believing Mike Babcock has quote unquote changed. Um, I even some doing something in an interview and everything like that. While it's a start, it's, you need to see some more proof to that. And I know they'll say, uh, he did some volunteer coaching with Canadian college. And honestly, if he really cared about changing his perception and his style and everything like that, like, I don't know. There's also something that sits odd to me about just sitting there and even the whole timing of this of let's milk the money until July 1st when someone who has a reputation to fix. Like if he had been like, if he had been let go and he had been done wrong by the Maple Leafs, of course, milk them for everything you got. But when you're the one who's got the reputation to fix and, and things like that, um, it almost feels a bit weird to me that he's been sitting there just collecting money as opposed to actually taking some action to, to, to do this. So I, it's, I don't, I mean, between <laughs> the good, you're right. The Goudreau thing is like it, Johnny Goudreau signed with Columbus to get closer to home. And I don't think this is what he would have expected, what he would have, would have expected as his, as his head coach in year two. Um, yeah. So I, um, the Blue Jackets to me did, uh, the Blue Jackets taking a bit of the heel turn this summer was not something I would have expected. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's, that's I, that it's happened. So I, I totally agree.